Hey everyone, hope you are all good. So before I go into today's podcast, what I am going to announce is something pretty big. So the Female Fat Loss Program is starting and is launching already for a start date of the 8th of January. So why am I talking about it now really early on? Because I know it's going to sell out. I know the numbers are going to be at a level that we're going to sell out. So why am I offering it to the people who listen to the podcast and the email list first? Because you've been loyal. You because you've been listening to this throughout the rest the rest throughout the whole year, and it's been amazing. And the support has been amazing. So I want to reward you with being given the priority list and the offering of getting jumping in on the female fat loss program starting on the eighth of January, twenty twenty four. So what do you get? You get rid of the all or nothing approach. You get eight weeks of coaching. You get weekly check-ins, you get accountability, you get your own personalized training, whether it's home or gym, or you can do your own training. You get your personalized calories, you get an individualized coach, you get a one-to-one call with me towards the end, you get a Facebook group with like-minded people, you get weekly lives, and you did I say that you get rid of that all-or-nothing mindset? And you also know that you're taken care of in January, that you're not going to do the same silly shit that you normally do excuse my French, but it's not the same silly shit that you normally do, which is go full ham and full restriction after eating all the full hams after Christmas. So if you're interested in joining the female fat loss program and getting things right in 2024 and making 2023 the last year that you ever feel like the way you currently do and know that you have the power to reset after Christmas and know that you're in safe hands after Christmas, the price is 99 euro for eight weeks. That is less than €1.80 per day. That's less than your your cup of coffee that you buy probably every single day. So if you are interested in signing up for the Female Fat Loss Program starting on the 8th of January for €99, click on the link in the show notes. If you want more information, drop me a DM or drop me an email and we can have a chat and we can kind of go from there. So it's €99 for eight weeks starting on the 8th of January 2024. Hope to see you there in the Female Fat Loss Program. Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is with an amazing guest, Kelly Fennell. So today's episode is one of those that is quite hard hitting. It kind of went down tangents and rabbit holes that neither of us really expected because I had sent questions over to Kelly and as always we just went off on tangents and rants and everything. So we talk about Kelly's story, we talk about the inability to delay gratification for weight loss. We talk about the importance and the perspectives and the identity shift that she's made since she's she's become a mother. We talk about that the self-worth is not found in the minds of other people. We talk about an awful lot of areas around mental health and the importance of that and navigating that piece of it. So it's really, really hard-hitting episode. And I think we also talk about Kelly's journey through therapy and how important that was. And we had a really, really open discussion. I genuinely felt like I was sitting down having a cup of tea with Kelly. So it was amazing to see and it was it was pretty cool. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode with Kelly Fennell. And as always, please do share and tag up on your stories. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Kelly, how are we? Oh, good, Shane. Thanks, Mill, for having me on. No worries. I know I've, I've kind of followed you for a while. I know we kind of came through a mutual person in Brian Keane. So we, I've been following you for a while. So... We nearly pressed, forgot to press record before we kind of came on. We were chatting so much stuff beforehand. So for anyone who isn't aware of who you are, Kelly, can you give us a little bit of a, a snippet of your journey and, and what you do? 
Yeah. So um, I suppose I came to online coaching in a different way to a lot of pe- in a different way to a lot of people. Um, I was take you right back. I'll take you right back, but I'll be quick about it. Basically, in school, I loved maths and science. So I was an absolute nerd. And I went on to study neuroscience out of school, studied neuroscience in UCD. The goal was to be a doctor. Um, 90% of my class actually have gone on and they're qualified doctors. So that was the kind of goal. But during my co- college years, I think it was the last year of college, me and my cousin went to Africa and we volunteered to build houses for orphan kids. And one day, uh, the person running the organization asked me, did I want to go down to the local school to teach kids some English? And I said, okay. So I went down and it was just one of the best days. It was definitely a pivotal moment in my life. So I was helping kids learn English. And I was just thinking, I love this. I love teaching people things. So I went home and I applied for a HDIP in UCD. So basically a teaching qualification, much to the shock and horror of my parents. I told them that I wouldn't be considering the medical route anymore. And I qualified as a teacher and I was teaching for about seven years. And I really did love teaching. But in the back of my mind, there was always this thing where I was thinking, I have so much more to give to people in terms of education and information that can change people's lives. And that's not in an arrogant way. I had just gone through, you know, phases of being overweight, being unfit. And I had educated myself on how to, you know, not be that way. But I'd done it in a sustainable way. And I just felt that I had a lot of information to give to people to help them. Um, And yes, I was, you know, helping kids you know, study for their leaving cert, maths and science and stuff like that. But a lot of the kids I was teaching just wanted to get a certain grade. They didn't care about maths. They didn't care about science. They weren't going on to study that in college. So they just remembered the information I was giving them, spat it out and never, you know, used it again. Whereas I was thinking, okay, there's a lot more I can give here. So what I did was I went and I studied personal training and nutrition on the side. So I was working Monday to Friday as a secondary school teacher and I was studying personal training and nutrition out of um, the sports campus in in DCU on Saturday and Sunday. So that's just, that's a little point that I like to make to people there. You know, a lot of people think um, they haven't got time to do this, that and the other. You know, you can always make time. It's just what are you willing to sacrifice? And I was on the go seven days a week to try and get the qualifications that I needed to get to get to the place that I wanted to be. So basically, long story short, I got qualified. I called up my um, principal in the school and I told her I wasn't coming back. And, you know, that was another pivotal moment. I was going from being an employee all my life to now running my own business. And it was absolutely petrifying. I was so scared. Uh, It always makes me think of that um, saying that there's only two real addictions in life, heroin and a steady paycheck. And it's so true. We're also afraid of maybe, you know, changing careers or taking a jump because we're in the comfort zone. We're getting paid every month. You know, um, it's a nice cushy number. uh, So we don't push ourselves. Whereas I said, you know, I'm going to do this and I'll never, ever forget. uh, We were living in a different house at the time and I had a little office set up and on a piece of paper, I wrote down exactly the amount of clients that I would need to take on each month in order just to cover the rent and just to cover the food bills. And I said to myself, I'll be happy making that amount for a year and then hopefully I can push on from that. But that's that's how this all started. And, you know, I, I, I've been uh, successful and it's just grown and grown year on year, thankfully. And that was about four or five years ago at this stage. 
it's mad to see the change. I know what you kind of said there about kind of like the pivot that you made. I think a lot of people are afraid to make that pivot. I know when people have kids, it's a little bit, bit more fear and a little bit more. It's it, it can be harder, but like a lot of people, as you said, people are addicted to that that, that paycheck. But like realistically, working for yourself is probably more steady than working for someone else because you could be fired by any time if you're working for someone else. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. And as well, I, I heard a conversation before about if you're getting results for someone else, you know, and you're providing the results, why do you think you can't get them for yourself yeah. doing something that you love? And I, I truly agree with that, you know. Now, just to preference, like when you're changing and starting up your own business specifically, you do have to put a lot of work in at the beginning. Like I remember the first two years in particular of running my own business, I was working, you know, 14, 16 hour days and that's not an exaggeration. But at the time I didn't have kids. I now luckily have kids and that's not an option. Um, But yeah, it's listen, change. Nobody likes change. Change isn't easy. It's uncomfortable. But if you're willing to do the work, you'll get the results. You know, everything has a price tag. And if you're willing to pay the price, then you can get the results. Exactly. And it's pretty cool to see where you've kind of started from like five, five and a half years ago, I think you said as well. Um, one of the big things you've kind of mentioned there, like we were talking about it off air about the days that you work and you're quite time efficient and you know what days you're going to work. And a lot of people c- can struggle with that whole mindset of I haven't got enough time. But one of the things you talk about quite brilliantly is a thing called a consistency calendar. Can you talk about what that is and how that can actually help someone to almost find time for themselves. Yeah, so I use a consistency calendar myself and I get my clients to use it to just allow them to look at the bigger picture. Um, And what I mean by that is one sentence that I literally have drilled into my client's mind is going off plan isn't the problem. How long it takes you to get back on plan is the problem. And listen, you're supposed to go off plan. People might find that weird to hear me say, but you're supposed to celebrate and overindulge when it's your birthday, when it's Christmas, when you're away on holidays, you know, and having a consistency calendar just calendar just allows you to look at the bigger picture so basically what i do and it's really easy and you can do it right now is you just go online you type in free monthly calendar whatever month it is at the moment and you just print that off for free Um, and then what you do is you sit down and you put in every single event or thing that you have coming up that month and what it does is it allows you to pre-accept that you're going to go off plan and then that allows you to get back on plan um, the next day, because the the problem is, and this stops so many people from actually um, achieving long term weight loss, is they tell themselves, "I have to be good." Okay, so they're good for a, a week, two weeks, and then an event comes up, and they firstly they get anxious around the event coming up. So let's say they have a wedding, and they say, "Oh, you know, this is going to ruin all my progress." But you know, you know, I'll try and be good. So the wedding comes up, and they say to themselves, "Right, I'm only going to have you know this that." this amount of drinks, I'm going to have this food. And they really, really restrict themselves because again, they're trying to be good. And what happens is they get one drink in, two drinks in, and they go absolutely wild. So they, they've they gone off plan, what off the plan that they've told themselves that they're going to do. And what this does is the next day, it brings about this massive feeling of guilt. And what that guilt does is then allows that one day of overindulgence to turn into two days. Those two days turn into a week. A week turns into a month. And then that person finds themselves back at square one again, you know, saying to themselves, oh, I have to lose a bit of weight. And it's just a vicious cycle to get into. So if you print off that calendar, put in the 
the days that you're going to quote unquote be off plan. Uh, it just allows you to enjoy them and get straight back on plan. Um, and it can be done for anything. You know, it can be done for um, events. It can also be done to track your training. So, um, you know, print off a free calendar, write in the days and the times that you want to train and then tick them. And as you tick them, it's it's also, I, I like to call those, that type of calendar a, an accountability calendar. Tick off the days that you're supposed to train and then you can see them add up over the month. Um, a good example of this, a real life example that I did myself was and I chatted to uh, Jordan Sayer. I actually had him on my podcast a couple of months ago and I just finished this thing that I'm about to tell you and I was chatting to him about it because we were talking about consistency. But I had said to myself, right, I'm not going to drink for the next month. And I don't even know what month it was. It wasn't January or anything like that. I just like to set myself little challenges. So I got a consistency calendar. I printed it off and I said, every day I'm going to tick off when I don't drink. Not that I'm an alcoholic or anything, but I just said to myself, you know what, I'm going to do this for a month. So I was plodding along, day 15 came and um, something shit happened. I don't know, I had some bad news or something. And I was like, do you know what, fuck this, I'm having a glass of wine. So I sat down that evening, I had a glass of wine. Then the next day I had two options. I could say, well, I've fucked it now and drink a glass of wine for the remaining days of the month. Or I could say, you know what, it's grand, I'll just get back to it. And that's what I did. So at the end of that month, I was looking at this page and I had 30 ticks of where I had not had any alcohol and I had one X on the day that I have. I had alcohol for that specific reason. But what so many people do is on the 15th, when they went off plan and they had their glass of wine, and do you know what? They probably should have had their glass of wine if they had got bad news or whatever. They say, I've ruined it everything now and they catastrophize it. And then they have a glass of wine for the next, uh, the remaining days of the month. But ask yourself, what's better? 15 days completed or 30 days completed? And everybody knows the answer to that. But it's it's this process about getting back on plan as soon as you can. As I said, going off plan, that's not the actual problem. There's going to be times in the year where you go off plan because of planned events, like I said, Christmases, weddings, and also unplanned events. Your your boss was an absolute arsehole. You get home, you're stressed, and you, you eat the tub, tub of Ben and Jerry's. Who cares? We all do it. Just get back to it the next day and you won't ruin your progress. It's interesting what you said about the, the if people are quite visual, they're really, really useful to do. I know you're talking about like the X's on the calendar. I know Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, he used to do that. He used to have to write a joke a day and he used to have the calendar in front of him, put a big X. So by the end of the month, he'd have 30 or 31 X's or 29, whoever wants to be awkward uh, on the on the calendar. But I really like that idea of if you maybe take things into maybe like a 12 week block or an eight week block and saying, right, I'm going to try and lose weight for these eight weeks. Look at what events you've got coming up for those 12 weeks and plan ahead. Most people were very quick to kind of, I'm not saying you have to plan everything. I'm not like life is for living as well, but it allows you to say, right, this is when I can push things a little bit harder. And this right things I need to be actually check in and, and kind of like lower my expectations almost so i love that on plan off plan thing and love that visualization thing it is really really useful um and it, it does help people just kind of seeing it up in front of them uh and planning a little bit more it can kind of lead into the next question which i which is that kind of element of instant gratification because instant gratification and weight loss kind of go hand in hand can you kind of talk about that a little bit more yeah, well, everybody in this day and age wants everything now. We're living in the information 
era and everything's accessible we want everything now you know you can have nothing to eat in the house you can just make one call and next minute you have a meal at your door so everything is available now but a lot of people carry that over into you know body composition and weight loss and stuff like that and and that's not the case if it was so easy to lose weight then everybody would be doing it and nobody would have a weight loss problem but that's not the case so I love and it's something that I've been banging on about on my Instagram recently because I just really love the the mindset trying to get people into the mindset of of if you're able to delay gratification you are going to be able to achieve anything in your life and that's with your body composition that's with your relationships that's with your job anything so if we take it from a body composition point of view because that's what you know a lot of listeners will be uh, trying to do they'll be trying to lose weight if you're able to say no now for better things to come you're going to be able to achieve weight loss long term so an example is you know you're a teacher and you're in the staff room and they've treats and they've sweets and everything in the staff room every day if you're able to say no in the moment you know, you're going to get get the results down the line of weight loss. If you want to increase your fit, fitness and your alarm goes off at 6 a.m. in the morning and you, uh, you know, say to yourself, you know, what, I'm not rolling over. Yeah, the bed's comfy and warm and it's raining outside and I don't want to go, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to show up for myself and I'm going to do what I, I said I'm going to do. If you're able to foster that ability, you can achieve anything in life. And listen, it's not easy, but it's like a muscle. The more you are um, self-disciplined, the easier it gets because you get better at doing it. So this whole thing of everybody wanting everything right now, I always say to people, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, but it's not easy. Self-discipline isn't easy because it's not gratifying in the moment. It's difficult in the moment. But uh, a quote that I like to use is, I I may get this one right now, growth is is trading discomfort in the moment for satisfaction in the future, whereas decline is to is trading comfort in the moment for unsatisfaction or discomfort in the future. And it's just about choosing your suffering. That's, I mean, if I could get one tattoo <laughs> tattooed into my brain or into client's brain, it's choosing your suffering because, because people aren't aware and they forget that no matter who you are, no matter where you are in this world, you always have a choice. There is always a choice to be made. And listen, I'm going to say to anyone out there, and I say it to clients, I don't care what your choice is. It's your choice. But what I do care is if you're going to bitch and you're going to moan about the results that you have from the choice that you've made. The biggest pet peeve of mine, and I said it to Sarah Catterson, I was on her podcast um, last month, I said was people online looking at Sarah's body, looking at my body, looking at Shane's body and saying, oh, it's not fair that they're, you know, they have a nice body and they're confident. And I'm like, it is fair. Because I've put the work in every single day to get to where I want to be. And people need to realize that the reflection that they see in the mirror, um, the, the image that they see in the mirror is a reflection of every single choice that they have made up to the, this point. But the, the brilliant thing, the amazing thing is that only you can change it. You can change it. You have the power to change it. And you might be asking, how do I change it? Well, how do you improve anything? You know, you go and you get help and you get the right information and then you start to show up for yourself. I have a episode on my podcast. It's called Curating Confidence. And if you want to become confident in yourself, all you have to do is do what you say you're going to do over a prolonged period of time. Show up for yourself. We all show up for our partners. We all show up for our kids, but we don't show up for ourselves. So it's 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 about asking yourself, what do you want now or what do you want most? And, and then deciding, as I said, everyone has that choice. I really like that element of kind of everyone has a choice. Like if you do it once, it could be a mistake, but if you do it two, three to four times, it's, it is a choice. But I like that whole element of like, it's about owning your decisions. 
rather than giving out about where you potentially are. Um, like don't give out if don't give out about maybe your savings if you haven't been sp- saving enough over the kind of continuous time to make it more money related because we can all relate to money in some shape or form. I think it's, it is really, really useful. To, and I, I think it's, it's really useful for people to kind of to see that it's not about kind of coming at it from a hard line. It's about coming from maybe coming at it from an approach of kind of like a reality and actually owning up to what are you acting like the person you're saying you want to become? I know sometimes clients have maybe latched onto that on previous episodes that I've done. It's kind of like, am I actually owning up here? Am I actually stepping up to what I want to do? Who else is being impacted if I don't do X, Y, or Z? If I don't go for my walk, who else is being impacted? Bring that little bit of emotional piece into it, bringing that little bit more kind of accountability to people as well. Like I've even had a client recently she was kind of struggling to kind of get out for walks and stuff. And it wasn't a time issue. It was just kind of like, it was completely another mood issue. It was kind of like motivation, as I call it. It's completely your mood. I was like, all right, so if you don't go for your three walks this week, you have to put 50 euro into an account for the kids and the kids get access to that for Christmas. And guaranteed, two weeks in a row, she hasn't put the 50 quid into the account. But it was just, it was a little bit of emotional pride because the kids win by her getting out for a walk for her health. And the kids win by getting 50 quid by the end of it. So it's kind of like bribery. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, it, when you were saying that there, it was making me think, you know, if you're not getting out and filling your own cup and taking your own time and improving on your own, like getting outside, to be honest with you, for me is more of a mental thing than a physical thing. So like moving my body outdoors is my therapy if i don't do that once a day i'm an absolute nightmare at home so you're thinking like you know you need to get outside you need your own time to be a better mother to be a better partner to be a better employee so you're dead right when you say that have you noticed a change in yourself and your priorities for your own health and fitness or have you changed your expectations since you became a mom Oh, yeah. My expectations have massively changed in terms of what I can do. Um, So before we have two-year-old twins, they turned two um, a couple of weeks ago. And before they arrived, I was like, exercise is my thing. I just, it's, as I said, it's my form of therapy. It just makes me feel so good. So I was always mad into exercise. You know, I went from playing rugby at an All-Ireland level to competing in amateur MMA in Ireland to then I was um, training for a triathlon and competed in Ironmans. That's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Uh, but it's my therapy. But I was out, you know, I could be out on the bike five, six hours a day at some point up until the girls came. And now, uh, come here, it's, I'm not going to lie, but I was super naive thinking, I'll be grand. I can still train when the girls come, you know, be fine. They came and my whole <laughs> life kind of changed, obviously for the better. But what I wanted, a big thing I banged on about in the last podcast I was on was people need to be realistic about their certain circumstances. And I was, I was given a wake up call when the girls arrived, you know, I could no longer go out and train for hours and hours each day. And and Shane, it comes back to the point. I chose my suffering. I chose to have kids. So I can't moan about not getting out for a six hour bike ride on a Sunday. It would be stupid of me to do. It would be very naive. Um, but yeah, my expectations have massively changed. Like um, I'm so full on now with work, with the girls, with everything else that I'm doing, you know, what. If I get outside, I, I always get outside every day. As I said, it's just my thing. But if if I can lift weights three times, four times a week for 20, 30 minutes at home, I'm happy with that, you know? Yeah, I, I, 
it's interesting you you say that that it's kind of you choose that you choose that suffering if i said that to someone i'd get a slap <laughs> not i'm not allowed to say that but i i would never say it either but it is it's kind of it's it's i think people that when you have kids and stuff from what i've seen from my mates i think the lads are having like i think there's five kids coming in the first four months of the year uh next year like it's gonna be a crash like it's gonna be a crash it's gonna be mayhem um but the biggest thing i've seen from the lads who have had kids is their priorities have changed massively they've realized actually what's important a lot of them are a lot more calm they're not working all the hours under the sun or work themselves into the endless hours and work they're actually right i'm actually finished up at this time actually having play time or putting my kid to bed or whatever it may be it's just being a little bit clearer on what they actually want to do they're, not, they're a lot more content a lot of them have actually changed jobs since they've had kids because they've realized like what's actually important the financial piece is great and all but it, it comes at a cost and you're kind of like what's the cost miss out on your kids things or kind of get money in just for your ego yeah, absolutely. And I did the same as well. And um, so I was working for myself before the kids arrived. And as I said, I was working 16 hour days, some days to try and get the business up and running. But when the girls arrived, I actually said to my wife, I was like, I'm cutting back on work. I am designating certain days, certain times that I'm going to be available to clients. And that's it. And I'm not working outside of those hours. And I also said, listen, I'm go- I want to take a step back in terms of the amount of clients that I am working with as well, because I was running myself into the ground. And that's fine if you're then going home and being able to sleep as long as you want to have your lie-in. But when you have kids, you don't sleep and people don't tell you that. Um, but uh, I totally changed my work-life balance when the girls came around because, um, you know, as you said, priorities change. They're my number one priority now. And if I said to someone, they're my number one priority, but I was leaving them last on my my list, well, then my actions aren't matching what I'm saying. And yeah, my actions match what I say most of the time. You're very self-aware. That has come through therapy. Let me tell you that. I I started going to therapy last year. And uh, it's funny because I heard someone say you go to therapy to, to, to realize that you're actually not crazy and to figure out yourself. You don't know yourself until then. And I totally, totally um, agree with that. I kind of went through life. I'm a very type A person in terms of if I set a goal, that goal gets achieved. But everything oh, else outside of that, yeah, everything else outside of that for me gets blocked and I don't even think about it. And it's a detriment to other things, you know. So when I was setting up my business, I, I you know, a lot of friends got neglected. Maybe my partner at the time, at the time, it's still the same partner. Jesus Christ, she's going to divorce me. But she, maybe a little bit of neglection there, family and stuff like that. It can be very type A. Um, so, yeah, uh, when I went to therapy, I just kind of realized who I, I was. And definitely, thanks. That's a that's a really nice compliment. I've, I became a lot more self-aware. It's one of the things that the therapy does. It realizes that you're actually normal. Isn't it? You go to therapy to figure out there's actually nothing wrong with you. That like everyone's there's mad. actually nothing wrong with you. You're as mad as everyone else. Mm. The great bit I realized from therapy was no one has their shit together. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Nobody gives a shit. You know, and go- that was my biggest thing. Like I had a massive mental health breakdown in 2017 to the point I ordered sleeping tablets. Like that's how bad it got for me. And I went into therapy, and your one was Sharon was amazing. Sharon was so no BS and I probably blame her for why I'm so no BS now with the direct, the directness of she's like, yeah, cool story. What's next? 
Yeah, like it's mad because we all live our lives uh, trying to fit in. We all live our lives fearing um, what other people think about us. So we we hide our true selves to try and align, I suppose, with societal norms. We all think, you know, I wonder what Mary, Tom, Sally down the road thinks of me. And we base our decision making on that. So we, our actions are trying to meet the standards of other people. And we all think about what other people think of us. And the reality is they don't think about us. That's the, that's the, the most liberating thing you can ever learn in your life is other than your close friends and family nobody gives a shit about you I'm sorry but you're not that important and this actually came up in a a client with a client I had a client work with me it must be three years ago at this stage right and she said to me that she start she wanted to start running so I made her out a, a, a running plan, you know, a lot of walking and a lot of running. But she said on one of her check-ins, she said, Kelly, every time I'm running down the road and a car drives by, I stop running because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want them to look at me and think, what, what's this one at? And I just said, all I said to her was, if you were in that car driving the car and you saw somebody running, running down the road, would you even give them a second think or thought? And she said, absolutely not. And I was like, so why do you think you're so important? You know, we all think that we're the focus of everyone's attention. And the most liberating thing, as I said, is you're not. People have their own shit going on. They don't care about you. Like if you're lucky, your fr- your close friends and your family care. That's if you're lucky, but nobody mm. else cares about you. And we're out there living our lives, thinking about how others look at us, making decisions based on how we'll look in the eyes of other people. And, and realistically, nobody cares. I, I saw um, on Instagram this speech I follow. That's another thing. You know, you are what you surround yourself with. So my Instagram, there's no, you know, reality TV stars and all this shit going on. There's just things that I want to align with. And I saw this guy talking on it yesterday and he said, in your 20s, you really, really care about what people think of you. In your 40s, you don't really care about what people think about you. And he said, in your 60s, you realize that nobody even thought about you in the first place. It's nuts. Yeah, I, but I, I look at my, say, my uncles and stuff, they're at that age where they kind of have no filter. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited to get to that age. Yes, Jane, me say too. whatever the fuck you want. You know um, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. People, like people on Instagram, right there, I get messages every single day. And the biggest thing that people say to me is, I love your no bullshit approach. And half the time I know they're saying, you're a fucking bitch, but I need to be told this, you know? I tell people not what they want to hear. I tell people what they need to hear in order, you know, and you can take it whichever way you want. If you don't want to do what I'm saying, don't, but then you'll be stuck in that situation. But if you do want to take it on board and realize, you know what, I need to be told these harsh truths in order to change, well, then you can take that that pathway either yeah but also i do think also you have to be ready to hear the, the tough love at the same time but also i do also feel there's another element of it that people want to be offended these days yeah no i i actually do very much agree with that you have to be in the position to hear it because you know you can tell someone the whole the whole saying you can bring a, a horse to water but you can't make them drink you know you can tell someone the same thing a hundred times but until they're ready to hear it and ready to act on it they're not going to change no, and like and, and that that whole thing about caring what other people think. I remember talking to the counselor at the time, and she was kind of saying, "Are you that arrogant that you think everyone cares about you?" It's like, "What do you mean?" It's a real harsh statement to make. She goes, "No, are you that arrogant that everyone thinks?" It's like, "No." She's like, "Well, what are you worried about then?" I know it's mad. It's just mad when you get to that point of realization. But my counselor always says is when you realize something, you're like, Jesus, how did I never know that before? Yeah. But it's getting to that point of awareness. You like you won't know until you get there. Um, but yeah, therapy has definitely changed my life. Shane, if you would have met me five years ago, you would have 
I don't know if you you know like me at the moment, but you definitely wouldn't have liked <laughs> me back then. I was an absolute pick. Well, I'd say five. What was it? Six years ago? Six and a half years ago? You probably wouldn't recognize me because I probably had hair as well. So <laughs> okay. a long time ago. And uh, I was very like I think we all kind of get to a po- certain point where you're kind of like you start you, you kind of you realize what your own bullshit is. You're kind of like you try to navigate it as best you can. And then you surround yourself. I think I've definitely, if you look at who I was surrounded with in my twenties compared to who I'm surrounded with in my thirties, it's a very, very different crowd. And it's for the better. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I look back on twenties, like I didn't really like that. I don't really, I felt sorry for the person in my twenties. Just lost and kind of like wrong ladder against wrong wall. Just genuinely felt sorry for them. Just felt like giving them a hug. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm the same as well. Like it's it's you become who you surround yourself with. And I was surrounded by the wrong people in my 20s. And it's only true realizing that I was and unlearning all of these horrible behaviors that I have that I'm now able to, you know, surround myself with the right people. But to be honest with you, I like this can get a bit deep. But if any listeners are listening um, that listen to my podcast, I talk about this in my podcast anyway. When I was 19, I I was with a guy and um, we were together for a while, you know, and everything was going great. And he actually committed suicide and I found him in his bedroom. So all my twenties, my twenties were very, very messed up period of my life. I, yes, I was in college and, you know, I was excelling in my career, in my sport. I was the captain of the rugby team, all of these things. People would have looked at me and said, oh, Kelly's great life, doesn't she? And I was dying inside. I hated myself. You know, I had no self-worth. I was thinking in my mind, you know, I clearly wasn't good enough to make him stay. You know, all of these things going on until I was 29. My mom, who is an angel in disguise, she's my just she's just my favorite person in the world. She came to me. I didn't say anything to her, but she came to me and she said, Kelly, please go to see a counselor. And I was like, I'm grand. What are you talking about? And she was like, I know you're dying inside. And so, yeah, that's that's how my. Yeah, that's how my, you know, I suppose therapy started. But it just people are in life. People are going through such traumatic things. And it's not until you start talking about them that you can release yourself from them. Because I spent 10, 11, 12 years of my life hating myself. I I fucking hated myself, the person I was. But everyone looked at me as this beacon of success. Whereas when I started talking about all of these things, I'm now like in such a better place. And I actually like this five years ago, three years ago, maybe I wouldn't have been able to say this, but I actually like myself. I don't blame myself for things that were outside of my control. Now I'm not living my life, you know, thinking about the past, dwelling on the past. How could I have changed it? What could I have done differently? And I'm just, I'm just enjoying my life. And yeah, it allows you to be, you know, more self-aware and it allows you to to live in the present. Isn't that the problem? We all, you know, are, are anxious about no the future. Job. And we all want to change the past that we we never actually live in the present. So we we get to 90 years of age lying on our deathbed and we've never been in the present moment. So life is over. You know, that's very morbid. But anyway. no, no, but like, and, I, and I really do appreciate you you sharing that as well. Like, I think people can see this highlight reel of kind of like, oh, they're achieving X, Y or Z. You're kind of like there's there, you can normally see it in the eyes. I'm I can see it in the eyes when I talk to clients and you're kind of talking to them. You can see people who are lost, some people who are lost. And then you kind of like, we all have these stories or these things that we carry with ourselves and they almost become like a, a movie. And we kind of think that we're the star of that movie and we almost latch onto it so, so quickly. And we believe that it's the truth. 
So we act like that person. Like when people say, oh, I'm an emotional leader, it's like, no, you're not an emotional leader. You're someone who eats emotionally, which means you're human. But people will latch on to, I'm an emotional leader, or I'm a stress leader, or I'm X, Y, or Z. It's kind of like, you're none of those. You need to disassociate yourself from the actual, like, there are belief systems that's protecting you from owning your shit. Exactly. Yeah. If you are telling yourself you're that person, well, it means that you don't have to change. I'm a lamppost, so... There you are. And come here, actually, Shane, when you were saying that you were actually saying, you know, a lot of people are lost in life. The first thing that popped into my mind is that I cannot tell you the amount of women that I've worked with. Now, maybe it's just a thing that women talk more than men, but so many women that I have worked with tell me that since they have had kids, they have lost themselves. And before I became a mother, I was kind of like, that's a mad thing to say. I totally understand that now and i that's probably the biggest cohort of women i work with at the moment is mothers trying to get their life back because when kids come along it's funny me and my wife were laughing about the other day you think oh we're gonna have kids and they're gonna fit lovely into my life they they are they tell you what to do you know they tell you when you can sleep they tell you you know they rule the roost and it's the most magical thing like um I'll never forget hearing that someone said, how would you describe having kids? And someone said, I would describe it as wearing my heart outside my chest. And I'm getting emotional thinking about this because they're the most amazing things that have ever happened to me. But it's okay for people to say that it's also the most difficult thing that I've ever done because it absolutely is. You know, you're going from getting eight hours sleep or whatever to not sleeping in the early days. That gets better and so on. But your whole life changes and nobody can prepare you for it because I said to my sisters have kids um, that are older than my kids. And I said, lads, why didn't you ever tell me how difficult it was? And they're like, could you explain to somebody that doesn't have kids how difficult it is? And the answer is no, you cannot explain to someone until they're in that, that situation. But yeah, you do, you can lose yourself when you have kids because they come first and rightly so, but it's about sitting down and taking, as we said earlier in the episode, taking time for yourself to show up as a good mother, you know, fill your cup so that you can fill others. And I can, I can hear an awful lot of clients that I would have that would be able to relate to what you've just said, because there is this element of the identity changes for a lot of people um they've maybe gone from a corporate world doing quite successful there to now maybe becoming the the stay-at-home parent by choice or whatever it may be or they may have been the person who was out socializing all the time was center of attention and on that and they've gone to now becoming the person who's literally has sick all over their shoulder or there's other elements of it like that they're looking for acceptance from the people they're looking for validation for the worth they're doing in the house and they may not be able to communicate that to their partners there's all these kind of different things that they just maybe don't feel on they don't feel heard and they feel lost in what they're trying to do and kind of like it's realizing that women are better at talking but sometimes they can struggle to because they haven't because people haven't been taught how to um actually especially in Ireland, I would say. We haven't been taught how to deal with our emotions quite very well. So it's kind of like, well, if you haven't been taught how to do something, how can you learn? How can you know how to do it? So if you can't verbalize how you were feeling, how is anyone else going to verbalize it or understand it for you? You may be able to give little subtle hints, but if your partner is a man, we're not very good at picking up hints unless you tell us exactly what to do. Yeah, come here. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like before I did go to therapy, I did... Um, I suppose 
what you were saying there act like a mad I just was so crap with communication like Moby like what's wrong nothing grand grand and I, I actually look I actually say to her now how did you put up with me like I was yeah. just so bad but you're so right like we're never taught this we're always taught to shut up and just get on with it you know and so how are you supposed to uh, communicate your feelings and stuff like that when you don't really know how to do it like anything there there's a way to do it and if, if you're not taught as you grow up well then you're not going to know yeah, I think it's if if you're if you're able to do it as you kind of grow, and I think I do think, as I said to Kelly already, like if you do go to therapy, people are scared of it. I don't really think there's a need to be scared for for it. I really don't. I think the fear is judgment. Absolutely, and it's kind of like well, that person's job is to listen to your shit, like it's up to them like it's 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 up to you if you want to hold on to that bush and continue how you feel or get so uncomfortable to a point that you want to continue to feel like that way or wh- whatever it may be but i genuinely wouldn't be here without therapy that's me being 100 honest I think. yeah with sharon and out sharon like she's not even she, she doesn't do it anymore which is a shame um so like it's uh, having that awareness piece understands you if you can understand you you'll understand how you tick if you understand how you tick you'll be able to maybe reduce your picking or maybe reduce your stress eating maybe able to understand why you're not consistent with things or your behaviors or your belief systems you'll be able to understand them a lot more and you'll be hell of a lot further along but i think so, some people get too caught up in all those stories they're like oh i'm a self-sabotager i fear failure i feel i fear success and then they just kind of accept it they're like, no, I'm just going to stay there now. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying there about um, judgment. I think a lot of people's actions in this day and age in loads of different areas of their life, they're just acting that way for fear of judgment. So I know so many people, you know, I I 100% agree that every single person in this world, no matter what you've went through, no matter how much of a cushy life you've had, would benefit from therapy but it's just uh i call it the i call it cycles there's loads of cycles going on in life right so everyone's trying to show up to be the perfect mother so therefore they're afraid to tell someone that they're struggling so they they don't tell someone that they're struggling so they look perfect to other people so the other people are looking at them thinking oh they're finding it easy i must there must be something wrong with me and it's this whole cycle and it's really really um i suppose excelled through social media so everyone looks at everyone on social media and they're having the perfect life but everyone is not having the perfect life but they're not saying that they are so they're feeding into this cycle do you get me i just feel if everyone was a lot more honest about you know parenting about mental health about uh body compositional struggles if we we're all just a bit more honest nobody would feel like um you know there's something wrong with them and they could talk and it's just getting out of this cycle i'll never forget i was um pushing the twins around a loop I live near Glens Lock and Wicklow and I was pushing them around a loop right and I saw this thing in front of me and I was like what is this thing it looked like a big huge contraption and as I got closer I saw that it was a bloody triplet buggy and I was like how however bad I am these have it worse right so I was pulling up beside it and um, the mom and dad were, were there and they kind of looked over at me and I looked at them and we're having this kind of thing you know uh, parents of doubles and I was just like oh how are you getting on or whatever and we got, got chatting a little bit 
and I was like how are you fine and they're like no grand it's deadly it's really blah 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 and they were like how are you fine and I was like I'm really struggling you know and my kids I'll never forget it were five months at, the, at this stage and theirs were four months and the minute I said I was struggling they just flipped and they were like oh my god it's so difficult but they would have just pretended to me that they were finding it so easy so we're all just in this lovely little bubble this lovely cycle and it's like stop Stop the bullshit and just tell people how you feel by you telling people how you're not coping. It allows them to see, right, this is normal with this social media media era that we're in. It's just so harmful. And listen, I, I'm just so afraid down the line with my kids, you know, teenagers having phones and stuff like this. It's it's, it's another another example of this cycle of where they have to get their lips done. They have to go off and get the teeth and turkey, turkey, all of these things, because if they don't, there's something less than normal. Madness. Anyway, I'm going off on tangents here, Shane. I told you you need to stop me. Get well, me back I, on track. I genuinely find my questions really boring now, so I'm not going to ask them anymore. <laughs> the questions are really boring. I'm looking at them right now. It's like, fuck this. These are not interesting in any way. Nobody wants to know about the 1 in 21 approach. I know I can make it a little. <laughs> Nobody wants to know about demonizing batteries. Oh, like, no, they do. Like, they do. They're lifting, but I think for weight loss. I, I found recently, so I had. Oshin Mulligan, Oshin Mulligan on um recently, and people were saying on that podcast, we just had a conversation like we're having right now, and they were like, "That's the kind of podcast that they prefer rather than just all this information." There's a fine balance between nutrition, fitness, but when you're actually having open discussions, I genuinely think people find it a lot easier just to. Well, in my personal opinion, I find it easier just to listen to people just chat shit. Like I love like Peter Crouch's podcast or Tommy and Hector and the readers podcast, just because it's just like listen to three people have a cup of tea or a pint. Yeah, it's so relatable. It's really relatable. And uh, now that you're saying that there, I had Oshin on mine as well. I got that feedback as well, but I had, I'm pretty sure that if a lot of people are following you and me, they're in the kind of mindset of, do you follow Jordan Syatt? I've had Jordan on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I had him, I feel bad saying this now, but I know you can take it. I had him on my podcast, right? And we were just having an absolute chat. And at the end, I asked him a question like out of the blue, like, do you have a regret or what has it taught you or something mad like this? And he started talking about his relationship with his father that he doesn't have anymore. And after the episode was over, he said to me, I've never, ever said that on air, Kelly. He said, but I just, he, he said, you're the most enjoyable podcast I've ever done. And I just feel like that we had a chat rather than you firing questions at me. So I totally agree with what you're saying. I think people, if they can relate to what's being said, well, then the information goes in. It's like that. If you hate a subject in school, you're forcing that information in you don't I want to school, you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah first hate is school like sure i got tested for adhd because my parents i was advised by the counselors like shane's like either stupid or just has adhd and i was like this i was like 13 14 i'd say my parents brought me to the specialist i did all the tests i was like fuck this don't worry you're like it's just a moody teenagers did <laughs> And I did the test or whatever. And then I remember sitting down in the meeting. I was just talking to my mom about this over the weekend. And that was this side. Mom was this side. And she goes, I've got the results in. He fully knows what's going on. He just doesn't want to be here. Just doesn't care. Just cool. doesn't want to be here. And I was like, I like your style. <laughs> yeah. If you make things fun, it's so much easier to understand. Like I was talking to someone about that, about language. Um, they were like, they love the gym. And like they always go to the gym, but they're trying to learn Spanish and they're they're just like skipping classes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because you will, 
you know, gravitate towards the information that you enjoy. And by having chats like this and making it a bit of a laugh, you know, we don't have to be all so serious. People will relate to this and take a lot, a lot from it. Speaking of, I, t- I genuinely said to my girlfriend there like recently, I was like, I think I'm going to go back and learn a language because I was shit at them in school because I obviously didn't apply myself. So I was just going to be shit at them. Uh, so I was thinking about going back and learning a language. I did Spanish. Did for, I was thinking about it because I did a little Spanish for leaving cert. Uh, I'm not great at languages, but I would like to kind of either go back to do that or maybe learn how to do the guitar in 24, in 2024. Come here. I'm crap at languages as in I'm a maths and science head so I hated languages in school but my partner's family have a, a place out in Spain so we're over there the whole time so about two years ago I was like you know I'm gonna learn Spanish I got onto Duolingo but because they make it like almost like a game like a video game you match up words and stuff I was having the time of my life she couldn't get me off to the computer so then in about two months I could string nearly the bones of a conversation together like so if you make make it fun hope for us all it's kind of like remember i remember doing like i don't know a summer camp or something like mavis beacon that you used to have to type you it was when you learned how to type and you were driving in you did it was on your computer or on your old school pc with the big feckin' back of it on it um and you were typing but every time you made a mistake a crack would appear on the window of the car that was driving so when you were typing, like you'd be missing a letter and a crack would appear. And then it'd be like, fuck this, I'm really angry at the whole thing. And you just go like this. And then yeah. the car would just go off the road. But it's like that. It's that that's it's that dopamine hit that you get. But that's the way people operate at this stage. Yeah. Um, I think the only other question I'm actually gonna ask that is probably relevant to our conversation is the self-worth piece. Um, because one of the things you've said in your posts, and I think you've said it on your podcast. Uh, is that your self-worth is not found in the minds of others. And I think it's a really, really important to kind of like, we've spoken about not caring what other people think, but I think that statement needs to be kind of like fleshed out a little bit. Yeah, um, we talked about it earlier on that we're all living our lives and making our decisions based on what others will think of us, you know? So you're living in an estate and everyone knows you in the estate and you're thinking, oh, I wonder what Sandra or Mary would think if I made this decision. So we're making decisions on on what other people think of us. Whereas I know we've kind of hit on it in this podcast, but life is in the grand scheme of things. Life is just so, so short. And it's about doing what you want to do. Like I'm going to say to my girls, like I think it's a very Irish thing um, that you grow up, right? And you get your job, your steady job, your steady paycheck. And I I put my hands up and I've said this to clients, you know, I do videos for them weekly and I've said it to people online. I used to think, that the amount of money you have was correlated to the amount of success you had and the amount of happiness you had. Basically, the more money you have, the happier you are. That's the way we're kind of brought up to think. We're programmed that way, yeah. Absolutely. And it's only true me leaving, you know, a steady job and not everything was on the table in terms of I could succeed or I could fail. I could have absolutely no money or I could make money, you know, and it was all down to me and there was nothing guaranteed. It was only then that I realized I'm making fuck all in the first couple of months. Obviously, I had no clients, but I'm so happy. And since then, I've just realized that obviously, like, I would be silly to say that, you know, money doesn't matter. We need to pay bills. We need to do this and that. But as long as you have enough to get by and you're doing what you like, I'm I'm telling you, that's the way to go. You know, my sister went off, traveled the world, worked everywhere she could, hadn't got a care in the world. And she's just 
she's probably the happiest of the six of us, to be honest with you. The rest of us stayed here. My brother's a mechanic, you know, done the whole get a job, get a trade, all of this stuff. Um, so this really changed when I had kids because I always say to uh, my wife, I always say, our girls are going to be told, do whatever makes you happy. As in, you want to go to college? Brilliant. You don't want to go to college? Don't go to college. You want to go traveling? Brilliant. So I'm going to tell them, whatever makes you happy, you go and you do it. And I'm not going to put pressure on them to know exactly what they want to do out of college. I think it's the most bizarre thing to be asking 16, 17, 18 year old kids, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? You know, I got to the age of 30 and I still didn't know what I wanted to do for my life. It's just absolutely insane. And the the funny thing is that there's so much pressure put on them and it's, it's from parents. Now I know it comes from a place of love. Like I do understand that when parents are like, Oh, I want my little Jimmy to go and be a bloody lawyer or doctor. I do understand that they're thinking, you know, they'll have not good money and stuff, but it's because they're coming from a place of that's been programmed to them. So a massive thing that I talk about my clients, because not only is my coaching, you know, nutrition and training, it's a very, very heavily based on mindset, because if you're not in the right mind frame to change, you're not going to change. But a massive big thing that I focus on is this concept of unlearning. So when you grow up, right, your parents your grandparents, all of the adults, your teachers, all the adults that you're surrounded with, they pass on their faulty framework to you, right? And it's not your fault that it's passed on to you because you trust them, you know, and it's not their fault that they pass it on to you because they've been taught by their parents and so on. But you get to a certain age where you have to question your beliefs and think, is what I am, what I believe, is that true? Or do I believe something else and I'm just going with the flow because it's what I've always been told? Um, And it's not until you get to that point that you can change. And if I I was to weave this into kind of weight loss and stuff like that, like I know a lot of your clients are looking for and a lot of my clients are looking for slimming clubs, fad diets, all of these things, right? Where I grew up hearing my mom, my auntie, say, say oh, I need to lose a bit of weight and go down to the, the local slimming club, right? So I grew up thinking, you want to lose weight? You go to a slimming club, clearly. But it's not until I was like, that's a load of horseshit. Like, if it worked, if it worked, well, then all of these people, you know, would be out living the life, having the body they want. But the problem is with slimming clubs and fad diets is they work in the, in the short term. They absolutely do, but they don't work in the long term. The weight that you lose, you're going to find it all again because it's done through miseducation. It's done through unsustainable methods. And, and until, yeah, shaming, until you sit down and you ask yourself, is what I believe aligned with my values? And if not, change it. Have the courage to change. I had the courage to say to myself, you know, I think those slimming clubs are a load of bollocks. So I'm going to go and figure out actually what works. I went, figured out what worked. And now I'm living a life, you know, like you. I understand nutrition. I can enjoy my food. I'm not binge restricting. All of these things. It allowed me to get to this point by questioning my beliefs and not being afraid to go outside of the norm. Everyone's just, as I said before, doing what everybody else did. Be be brave to stand up and change. Um, but yeah, we're, we're worried by other what others people think. And I've had a lot of clients come to me saying, Kelly, uh, my partner or my family are slagging me because I've started working, you know, with you and trying to lose a bit of weight. And I'm like, they're slagging you because they're fucking terrified that you're going to lose weight and they're going to be left behind. Stop listening to people. Do what you want to do. My kids are going to be told, do whatever it is that makes you happy. If you're willing to work hard enough, you can do anything. You can turn any passion into a job. I did it. I'm obsessed with 
the the human body and i i'm lucky that i have a very good background in terms of you know i'm qualified biology chemistry teacher um i studied neuroscience i have a, a very good background that i i suppose could use along with studying personal training but whatever it is you want to do you can do it interesting about the um yeah this this the slimming clubs and that side of things because slimming clubs are shite like genuinely like how the fuck can a sin be a banana but is it the bananas if it's whole it's not a sin if it's mushed it's a sin how can the fuck can you chew a banana shane answer me this answer this question what happens to the banana when it goes into your mouth it gets mashed up so what are you saying when you mash it up on the plate it's any different ah stop honestly but come here i do not judge people going to slimming clubs because they know no different they're just doing what they've been told to do but as i said it gets to a point ask your person listening to this going to slimming clubs ask yourself have you been trying to lose weight for longer than six months if the answer is yes and you haven't got long lasting results you're doing something wrong okay and you you might say to me but how do i know what to do this is going to be harsh but it's going to be what you need to 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 progress in life you pay somebody to educate you and tell you what you need to do you get driving lessons from a driving instructor yeah there's people out there saying but kelly i can't uh, afford a coach and you're walking around with the latest iPhone. You're walking around with the nicest car. You're walking around with the nicest clothes. I'm sorry, but you need to get your priorities straight. Like the bottom line is that moaning about your lack of health, your lack of fitness is because you're investing your money in the wrong thing. Let me just give you this scenario. And it's something I thought about this morning, actually, because I was going to make a post about it. But I think it fits in nicely here. If your car broke in the morning, right? You would go to the mechanic and you would get your car fixed. Now, if I had asked you before your car broke, do you have 500 euro to invest in your car? You would have told me no. But when the thing goes wrong, you will find that money to fix the car. It's only when your health is taken away from you do you realize how valuable it is. You need to realize this. I'll tell you this now. I don't know if you know this, but I had emergency surgery on my back in February. Basically, I had a massive herniation of the disc and it was pre-cauda equina. So they told me I was about 12 hours away from having um, two bags for the rest of my life. So I was rushed into the Matter Hospital from Vincent's overnight and the surgery was done. And I woke up the next day. I told I may never, I could die. I may never walk again or I I may never get the function of my right leg again back. Now, I still don't have full function, but we're getting there. I woke up the next day and I was just like, the shit that we worry about, the shit that we moan about. But I could never have got to that position without that health scare coming to me. But people need to take that example of the mechanic, right? You'll find the money to get your car fixed because you really need your car. Do you really need your health? And if the answer is yes, you need to pay someone to help you. As you said, you pay for car lessons, but people are just prioritizing the wrong things. People come to me and say, I want to look great. So they go out and they buy the newest runners, the newest things. I'm like, you're putting things on your body to try and make yourself look great. Work from the inside out. Just sort your shit out. Start investing in the right things. And Jane, you you should have had a kind of warning before you got me on. Kelly is going to say things that are like... But I I prefer when people are like, rather than fluffing around the whole thing, because I think your message is very similar to mine. It's kind of like, you need to take a bit of ownership of your shit. And yes, we all know like a calorie deficit works, all that kind of stuff. We know that cinema clubs work for certain people, etc. They don't work for most people. Um, But it is about taking responsibility for your own actions to a point like if there's something not working it's either that there's something blocking you or there's some some element of fear 
blocking you or there's you're blaming other circumstances for it um and it's just about taking ownership of it like it's i'm not gonna hear it say you don't want it enough all that kind of bullshit from six pack piece that you get on v shreds page or whatever it is it's not about that it's about as i said to kelly already it's like it's that awareness piece if you're aware of why you're doing things you're aware of what's stopping you it's a lot easier to navigate like if you know why you're struggling to have your regular meals throughout the day it's easier to sort that out but if you're saying well i'm just too busy it's like no no no, you're not busy because i can see if i ask you to send me your phone your screenshot of your phone screen time right now it's probably about six or seven hours so you're spending a full working day on your social media so please tell me where you have no time it's like well well could you do a 15 minute workout at home it's like yeah but that's not gonna be enough i need to do an hour and a half in the gym there's the issue your expectations are what the issue is the expectations that you need to be having every single meal chicken and broccoli the the expectation of restriction is the issue you're addicted to restriction you're addicted to chaos because the only thing you've ever been told and shamed to do so we need to change the method and people jump then jump into the other element of then weekends and i can't have weekends and that's what that whole thing is i can't afford it if i give out this x amount of money 150 quid 200 quid a month but then i'm not gonna be able to have my weekends with my mates like but if you have if you give that 150 200 quid a month you get to have your your you get to feel better in yourself by having those weekends with your mates you're going to feel better in your clothes you're going to feel better be able to have more confident you may even get the shift in coppers like it could be whatever you want to do <laughs> coppers always comes up don't know why i think i have trauma with coppers i was going to say don't say that word it just brings me back i just have shivers yeah that's like well, the trauma there come here shane do you know what is funny as well that um just with the mechanic analogy you'll have to be paying to get your car fixed for the rest of your life whereas if you actually invest in a coach and you're willing and open to learn the actual methods to break the binge restrict cycle to do all of these things you'll only have to do that once do you know what i mean if you really really submerge submerge yourself in this because listen we're i'm not going to lie we all have clients who love the idea of going to work with a coach and think that the coach is going to fix it for them and that they get a reality check you come to me and i'll give you every single thing that you need in order to achieve but i can't do the work for you and there's always going to be clients that are not going to do the work but i have when i say clients who've done the work i've specific people that are popping up in my mind and there's one girl in particular she's just completely and utterly changed her life she's excelled and i actually reached out to her and i was telling you this before we press record here i've reached out to her to maybe get her on board as part of my team she's that doing that well you know but she was ready to take on the information that I was going to give her and she was ready to implement it. And this is what I'm saying to you. If you're ready to do that, you'll only have to do that once in your life because then you know and then you're free, you know? Yeah. And I understand from the other point of view when people may not be able to afford it. Like I fully do get that as well. Like there are, there are, there is the other extreme. Unfortunately, in Ireland, we live in the extremes. We have people who have all the money and then we have some people who haven't got a whole lot of money. But the vast majority of people who I work with are people who have some disposable income they're able to go on their holidays they're able to have their nights out they're able to have their meals out they're the kind of people that i probably work with on a daily basis um, yeah but there are other options there's levels as well though i 100 percent agree with you like like i'm not from you know a wealthy background or anything i've i started working when i was 14 i've absolutely worked for everything that i've got but i do understand that there's people out there who simply can't afford coaching but in this day and age as i said the information age my I get messages every single day from people saying, I started following your page six months ago and I'm down, you know, 16 pounds. 
the information that your page, that my page, that the likes of us who are actually there to make a change, to make a difference that we give out is enough if you're in the place to take that information on board and do it yourself. Now, I do understand it's so much easier with a coach there for accountability, for education, for support, but there's always an option. There, There is always an option. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Kelly, my next guest is waiting in the uh, the room. I didn't realize, I just thought it was like, there's an email here. And I was like, oh, it's it's Barry. Uh, so I better, uh, I better leave this. But Kelly, where can people find out about you? Where can people work with you? Um, so I'm mostly active on Instagram. Uh, it's Kelly Fennel Fitness and I spell Kelly K-E-L-L-I-E. Um, so yeah, I have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, I have a website, um, Kelly Fennel Fitness. And lastly, I have my own podcast as well. I'll have to get you on, Shane. It's called Take a Guess, the Kelly Fennel Podcast. I don't know where you got the name from. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll 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 link in. We'll get we'll get we'll get that uh, that podcast booked in. And Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Emil, for having me, Shane. Thank you again for Kelly for coming on to the podcast and for sharing her incredible journey. And I really do hope that you've enjoyed the episode. As always, please do tag and share up us it up on Spotify, up on iTunes, wherever you listen to it. Please subscribe to the podcast as well it's always the best directive and best way to grow the podcast so if you can please subscribe to it so you get weekly updates or updates all the time a new episode comes up that's what i do with all my podcasts that i listen to on the regular that i don't miss out i just get it into my feed and it's really really handy way for me to listen to on walks or traveling or whatever it may be so i hope you have enjoyed the episode with kelly fennel